Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Bruce. 2022. Hey, the Oilers made it to the Final Four in 2022. Not bad. They did. They they had a hell of a playoff run in 2022. They came together as a team under Jay Woodcroft. And now they're kind of... Well, they're, I don't want too much to say they're falling apart under David Croft. That's not true. But they are inconsistent and up and down. This was a very frustrating loss tonight, punctuated with a with a sour as hell ending. Um, the Oilers lose 2-1 to one to the Winnipeg Jets in a game that I think the Oilers deserved better. It's not how hockey works. Uh, the Oilers had 13 grade-A shots to 8 grade-A shots. For the Jets, the Oilers had 5 five alarm shots and the jets had four so the the order should have had about um three or four goals and the jets should have had two so the order should have won this game by one or two goals but their two of their best chances bruce hit the post mcdavid yeah. and yamamoto yeah. and uh the jets chances didn't hit the post they found a way to they enter the holes. net yes they did they did they did so this is our two good things Two bad things and two numbers podcast. Bruce, why don't I start it off with the the, the highlight of the night for the Oilers? Sure. This is the Oilers' one goal on the night, and although they had like, as I say, five uh, five alarm chances, those those shots go in a you know uh, a third of the time on average. This was one of them, and it was it was <laughs> how many times have the Oilers been burned off a face off in recent weeks, recent in the recent in last month? Well, the Oilers did it this time. They actually lost the face off, but Matthias Janmark charged in there, pried the puck free in the slot, uh, and and put it over. Um, to Clean Costin, who um, absolutely fired it in. Just a beautiful shot uh, off the post into the net. And um, it was a game that the Oilers, like, honestly, I just felt like they were going to lose. Sometime in the first period, I just felt like the Oilers are not going to win this game. Just had this sinking feeling. But that gave me some hope in that moment um, that they were going to they were gonna be able to get it done. Um maybe uh, somehow eke out at least a point, which is what I was really hoping for at that point, but they were not able to do it. But that was a fantastic play from Janmark. Great finish by Cost. And that line um, came together, has been coming together in the last two couple weeks and playing some strong hockey. We're going to get into how that might not be the case going forward, um, which is is, uh, a tough break for the Oilers. But um, they, they... they played well tonight, I thought, and and uh, highlighted with that really excellent goal. Yeah, that was a nifty play. That was a nifty play, and they. Uh, uh, it was just it was su- such an alert play by Janmark, and I think that's what finally beat Hellebuck was he was surprised by the shot because it looked like the Jets had won the faceoff cleanly, and they made tried to make that short pass, and Janmark just came right through and chipped it right to Costin, and he just buried it. And for once, they actually got a clean shot that wasn't tipped, or the pass wasn't tipped, or you know, like they were going through a thicket of forest of, of uh, sticks and skates and diving players and ice chips and whatever else was getting there. Oh. oh, yeah. 
It's just yeah, a game right. of breaks in so oh, many ways. Yeah. Eh? yeah, it's very random. It really, hockey, it really hockey has become more and more random. You think and so, you Bruce? Game, yes, I do. Absolutely. That's you know what's random. I mean, you take as many shots as you can, and what's random is that the odd one will find a hole and go into the net. And if there, are, there's a lot of games that are just decided by you know one bounce or play, you know. And this, they they really are, and we should. Uh, you know, we can go over the grade A shots for the last couple of years and see which team, the team that had the most grade A shots, how often they won the game. Well, yeah, well, you try and get the most shots, obviously, but there's mm-hmm. plenty of games like the, I mean, the Anaheim game where they outshot the team 23-2 in the third period and, you know, hit posts, had goal disallowed, puck pulled off the goal line, you know, and the other team gets basically one shot and it goes in the net. Oh, anyway. Yeah, and Cody Cece gets a penalty that may or may not. I, I think it actually was a penalty. I, I'm not sure that it hit the Jets' stick, but I'm I'm pretty sure the lineman, linesman who called it wasn't in position to see it, but who knows. Anyway. He certainly was in position to consult the other officials, as is routinely done by officials on plays like that. And yet, for some reason, this guy, you know, he apparently saw it, and he was... It was screened, and I thought it was tipped, but the one angle, you did, eh? the, low, yeah. the low angle, I thought it caught the top of the guy's stick. It, it may well have. It's hard to tell. So, All uh, right, Bruce. He's had, well, he thought that he fired it off the, off dasher. the baseboard, the dasher. Well, if it hit the dasher, he didn't shoot it over the glass. No, did he? I mean, if it's a deflection, that's not a penalty either. So take your pick. It's not a penalty. That anyway, a of course, point. that's the one that they score on. Yeah, of course it is. So, All right, what is your good thing? Yeah, uh, I'm really struggling with a good thing tonight. This 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 game was so super disappointing, and you know the Oilers, you know they fell behind. They finally, 30 minutes of hard work later, they tie it up and they give it back in two minutes, and then they're behind, trailing the rest of the way. You know, it's the kind of game you really need to lead. And Winnipeg got it, and they lost it, and they got it again, and that was that. Uh, I'm going to give a little shout out to the Oilers' third pairing of. Uh, uh, Evan Bouchard and Philip Broberry. Uh, Broberry played just 10 minutes and 19 seconds uh, with a plus one, although it really had nothing to do with the goal. Uh, Bouchard also plus one in 19 minutes. I uh, got some time on the power play, including one power play that was a very interesting alignment with <clears throat> Manberry and uh, three forwards. And of course, with Dry Settle out, they were experimenting. Who do they put out in his place? And they tried Yamamoto there. They tried. Uh, a couple different forwards, and then they tried it with the two demon. But the uh, Bouchard Brobery uh, uh, pairing really dominated uh, uh, possession. Like they had <clears throat> even better possession than uh, than the team as a whole, which was pretty dominant in this game. Uh, with uh, in the case of Bouchard, 15 to four in shot attempts and six to zero in, in shots on goal. Mind you, none of those shots came off of Evan's own stick. This is three games since Christmas, and he hasn't had a single shot on goal, which is supposedly his biggest strength. So this, there's a little bit of faint praise in this uh, uh, in this um, good thing. Uh, I mean, the one time he did have a clean shot, he shattered his stick into 13 pieces and uh, had to go off to the bench, so there's that. But uh, I thought they at least had the puck moving in the right direction. And... Uh, uh, they, uh, you know, this was the first time in a while that we've seen Brobery and not team alignment on the third pair. 
a little surprising given I thought Niemelainen was pretty good last night, especially. But anyway, they wanted to get Brover in there, and that was the place to put him. And uh, uh, in retrospect, I wonder if they would have been better off with seven D-men and uh, one less Devon Shore in the lineup. But uh, <laughs> that's just me, that giveaway. Yeah. Oh, anyway. sure, that giveaway. Jeez. A, what's he doing on the ice with three minutes left? And then B, why is he passing the puck to Mark Shifley when he's got three different That's exactly sessions? the conversation in my house. Like, why <laughs> is Devon Shore out there? And I know I know that I'm not on the Devonshire bandwagon right now, and I haven't been for yeah, well, some time. But like, why was he on the ice, Bruce? With they're, they're down a goal with, and he hasn't scored. He hasn't created much all year long. Like he's done nothing all year, and they have him out there. I didn't. I did not understand that. As for Bouchard, he seems to be, I don't know, like he's kind of pussyfooting when he's trying to shoot that puck instead of just drilling it. He's trying to loft it at the net or you know, slices it at the net or wrist it lightly at the net or do something like instead of like trying to get that puck and keep just drill it. And he did try to do it on the power play, which was a good, I'm glad it was with dry settle out. They need someone who can drill the puck from the half wall. Bouchard's your next best bet. And they should be, he should be the next, he should be next up. If you ask me in terms of being on the power play, like keep Barry out there as the quarterback, but have him setting up Bouchard and have McDavid setting up Bouchard. Um, and um, Nugent Hopkins setting up Bouchard for the shot. That should be their kind of go-to shot. I mean, they really missed Drysaddle's shot on a couple of occasions. That puck came to Nugent Hopkins with a few seconds left in the second period, and it came to Costin. Came there was another. There was at least one more play where there was a one-timer in order from that spot, and they didn't cash it in because they didn't have Big Leon there with his executioner shot. Bruce, my good thing. Um, Oh, I gave my good thing already. Let's, uh, I guess I'll just go right to my bad thing. Uh, Kulak, Brett Kulak is my bad thing tonight. He has been uh, kind of under the radar. He doesn't get a lot of criticism, but I'm not loving his play. I've, I actually, I've been giving him quite a bit of criticism actually in recent podcasts. You know, yeah. And it's because he, he loses small battles and um, they start adding up into grade A shots against, and that's exactly what happened tonight. The first was on the penalty kill. They come charging down his side of the ice, and they cut back. The, the Winnipeg Jets player cuts it, cuts back, stops, cuts back, and passes it back, and then it gets passed over uh, for the goal. You know, Kulak was on the man. He just didn't smother him. He didn't stop the pass. It's a, it's not an easy play to make. It's It's a difficult play to make, but... If you're an aggressive defenseman, you're going to make that play now and then. And Kulak doesn't make it enough, if you ask me. He doesn't. He's, he doesn't have a strong stick. He doesn't have a strong stick. That's my fundamental complaint with him in battles. They just it just goes through him too much, and um, that's why he's got the highest rate of major mistakes of on grade A shots of any Oilers defenseman. And it's not that close. He's he's quite a bit worse than the other defensemen right now. And and again, it doesn't. You know they haven't. He hasn't, part of the reason he hasn't had a lot of criticism is they haven't ended up in the back of the Oilers' net. There haven't been glaring errors. You know, sometimes it works out that way. You can make a lot of mistakes and they don't end up, end up as goals against. And that improves the, you know, in the public imagination. Well, you're doing your job if you're not getting scored on. Well, sometimes you're just lucky for a while and then it catches up to you. So tonight on the winning goal, um, and again, this was, this was a very, this was a tough play. Covering the player in front of the net who's trying to tip the puck is a very hard play to make. And he was he was actually battling pretty hard on it, but he didn't win the battle. 
Kyle Connor did, and he got a stick on it, and he put it past the goalie. So um, again, it's just a small battle that, he, that he's he's lost. Um, he, uh, I think there was, you know, whereas Bouchard and and Philip Broberry, they didn't make one mistake on a great major mistake on a great A shot against at even strength this game. Kulak made uh, two, and he made one shorthanded as well. So um, I see him as three a three wound up in the net. I see him as a third pairing defenseman, and and I've seen enough myself that um, you know injury is always a factor here. But I really do think the orders need uh, to bring in another left left shot defenseman um, to take his spot in. Well, I don't know, take his spot in the lineup, but they, yeah, second second le- lefty behind Darnell Nurse. They need someone better. They're missing Duncan Keith in that role, and um, it's a hole on the team right now. And I, there's still a chance, of course, Kulak will turn it around and start playing better, but it didn't happen tonight. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, I mean, his whole career, he's been a third pairing. And the big gamble this summer when they re-signed him was that he would be able to step up and play second pairing. And he's playing second pairing minutes. But there are times, I mean, that play, like I thought he had Connor. And I'm still amazed that Connor got a stick on it. And he barely deflected it. But uh, Jack Camel had not seen the deflection coming at all. He thought Kulak had him and he was pulling in to receive the shot from the point and in the process, making himself small uh, like Campbell was like his glove was in the right place and he was pulling it in front of his body to try and catch it. And when Connor made that little tiny tick, it went by the glove, by the knee pad, the leg wasn't stretched out. The leg was behind Campbell. I, I, you know, like both goals were were uh, grade A shots and, and and arguably five alarm shots, and yet I wasn't frankly thrilled with the with the uh, uh, lack of a save on either one of those. But that's not my bad thing. My bad thing is uh, the play at the very end of the game after Yamamoto hit the crossbar with four seconds left. I mean, if that's not enough to send you into the new year with a real sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. Clean Costin, who's become a major fan favorite in these parts. Uh, my son came up during the game, said, you know, Clem Costin, he said, that's one player where I'd just go out and buy his jersey. He said, I haven't felt this way about an Oilers player in a long time. And he goes to the boards and he gets tied up with the guy and he goes into the boards heavily, awkwardly, uh, in a mess of pain. And... Even the jet player is calling out the Oilers trainer to come and see him. Well, by then, of course, the damage is done. And and Costin does get up on his own feet, but he's clearly in a lot of trouble. And I fear he's going to be gone for quite a while. Talk about adding injury to insult. I mean, literally, uh, this was uh, uh, a case of, you know, a real kick in the junk to lose that game <laughs> the way they did, especially, you know, with the double power play at the end, they can't get any shots through. They finally do hit the crossbar. But then that, I mean, come on, hockey gourds, give us a damn break. Like, take the take the L, <sighs> but don't take out a player at the end of the game. I mean, there, there was no way the puck was even, one battle wouldn't even have mattered at that point. The clock was done. <sighs> Yeah, so, really, we don't know the extent of the injury. We don't know the extent of the injury. And fingers crossed, sometimes things can look really bad, and they're not. Sometimes they can really hurt, mm. 
and and like you know people attack the soccer players who go down after they're kicked in the shins well it hurts like hell like unbelievably hell like for 30 seconds after you've been kicked in the shins and then you're okay we will see um fingers crossed maybe i'll maybe if we're maybe there's news already about the extent of the probably there's not but it, you know some kind of sprained knee um looks like maybe would be the best case scenario at this point like that would be like a month um oh. that, that like two or three weeks that he would be out but yeah geez they will miss this player Bruce he's he has added a lot to the team in a short amount of time brings me to my number um cost it cost of my number is he's six tied for sixth overall in goal scoring on the Oilers even though he hasn't played a lot um with the team he's just played 22 games and he in a lot of the games he hasn't didn't get a ton of ice time but he's now got five goals um which is behind only McDavid, Drysdale, Nuge, Hyman and, and Nurse for scoring on the team so those big players big time players he's tied with Ryan, Evander Kane and Tyson Berry so he's really he's been coming on he's uh scoring goals he's got a good shot he's playing well like he's it's just very frustrating for I'm I'm sure for him and it's certainly so for Oilers fans that was really rough to see. I agree with you, Bruce. It was very sour. No, it just it saddens me. I mean, this was a guy who was finally getting his break, you know, after yeah. five six years out after his draft and he couldn't break through in St. Louis. He finally got to a different place, and it was yesterday he got the. Uh, team award for player of the game in Seattle and they show this little clip from the locker room after the game saying how much he liked it here and how he liked his team and he looked like a guy who was really starting to feel real comfortable what a shitty break man totally well fingers crossed we again we well we saw Billy Hanela go down in the first period and I thought that he looked really bad and he walked it off in the aisle and came back and played so but that yeah. that was getting hit by a puck, which often gets walked off. This was uh, crashing, twisted into the boards with a, another heavy guy on top of you, kind of thing. It did not look good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, what's your number? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to give the numbers uh, from this game. This is all situations, including special teams, where Winnipeg scored and Edmonton didn't. Uh, uh, shot attempt 66% Edmonton. Uh, uh, shots on net 64%. Scoring chances 73%. This is natural stat tricks version, okay, which they obviously measure different than us. High danger chances 75%. Expected goals 65%, which they had as numbers 3.1 for Edmonton, 1.7 for Winnipeg. So Winnipeg outscored their expected goals. I got so few opportunities. They got two goals. And then we get to the all-important goals, Edmonton, 33%. So despite basically dominating in all of the measurements, and Calgary fans are making the same complaint after the game the other night, I'll grant you. Uh, But this was a game where, you know, as you say, Edmonton deserved better. And it just, uh, they just fell behind, fell behind again. And Winnipeg checked uh, like crazy, you know, Edmonton saw several of their old nemeses, uh, especially from that series two years ago, uh, I thought had great games for them. Connor Hellebuck, Neil Pionk, and of course, uh, uh, Kyle Connor with that magical 
uh, deflection on the game-winning goal, the guy that actually knocked the Oilers right out of the playoffs in triple overtime a couple of years ago. I mean, we know these guys, they've hurt us before, they hurt us tonight. So, I mean, hats off to them. They play well. Frustrating. Yeah, they played okay. The Oilers, the Oilers, the Oilers. Pionk, Pionk was, he had a fantastic game. Goals he did. And a whole bunch yeah. of defensive stops. He did. He did have a great uh, game. And Morrissey's always, he's really an impressive nice. hockey player. He'd be on Team Canada. Uh, yeah. If we went to the, uh, some kind of, if we ever actually have a Team Canada again, one of these sometime this century. All right, Bruce. Well, let's leave it there. You got to do the game grades. I'm going to recommend to you, Bruce, that you just write one sentence per player. Okay. And you you just crank it out. You stick to that discipline. One set. I'm going to. I'm limiting you. Okay. One sentence per player. Okay. Okay. I may uh, may have to write that in the introduction. All right. Write that. that. (laughs) (laughs) You've got 52 minutes, man. All right. All right, one sentence per player, and uh, that's the limit. And Happy New Year, Bruce. All right, Happy New Year to you, David, and to all the listeners. And thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks to all the listeners, and great to work with you in 2022. And looking forward to 2023, Bruce, and a Stanley Cup for the Edmonton Oilers. In the meantime, in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.